All right, ladies and gents, I want to take you guys back real quick in the introduction for these two awesome guests to Chicago Star Wars Celebration 2019. So I'm sitting in the room watching uh, the Schmodown, the movie trivia Schmodown, and there's uh, a bunch of Star Wars competitors on stage. And one Star Wars competitor who I did not know at the time is on stage doing very well. And there's a section in the room losing their minds, losing their <laughs> effing minds. And I'm on the far left of this room. And I, I look to my right and I'm like, the hell? I wish I had friends like that. And then it became very clear who it was. And so I go up to this person at the end. And this person probably does not remember this at all, but it is why I have. And for you know audio listeners, I'm currently holding up my other laptop. I've got a sticker that I got from that person in that <laughs> room. Back then, a Force Toast sticker because it is Alice and Laura from Force Toast joining me from quarantine. How are you guys doing? Great, thank you. I oh am my gosh. utterly I'm... delighted right now. Oh my god, my eyes are tearing up. I'm like, I'm like, yes, like a go Laura. And then I was like, my poster party worked. Hey, Dude, the posters no. were killing me. I, I was like. This are they like sisters? I was like, what's happening? Like, is this her whole family? Like, did she get them all to buy passes to celebration? Are they fans? I don't know. It, it was such a cool moment. And for people that have listened to the show, um, or that are somewhat tangentially familiar with the Schmodown, I mean, I've had uh, a couple people on that have been involved, and that's where I first came to know of Force Toast Pod that you guys have been doing for about a year. And so, uh, how are y'all doing? Great. I mean, this has been quite the adventure. We've done Schmodown stuff together. I, it Laura does all the work. I just accompany and say I'm a manager and don't really do anything else. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I do stuff that's mostly useless, but I try to be useful. Um, but this has just been such a whirlwind for us. We've had so much fun doing the podcast and we've met so many people. Like, I mean, the people we met after just being live for what two months or something and we're able to connect with and you know a lot of people have become really good friends it's been it's been really cool i mean i don't i don't know how else to say it laura no that's amazing i uh i'm doing well i'm working from home right now and now i'm just riding high on like old star wars celebration memories like <laughs> my god like what a thrill that day was and i i like I feel like I don't remember anything from it. And Star Wars Celebration was so fun because it was it was meeting a lot of our friends that we'd sort of met online because at that point we had only been doing our podcast for two months. And we'd met some like sort of new friends through that. And then we got to meet them all in person and we were out drinking on like Wednesday night. And so Thursday I was hungover all day, which worked out really well because I was able to just lay low and study all day for the nice. showdown, so, which is exactly what I did um, in my hungover state. It was delightful and awful. Um, and yeah, it, there was that whole, that whole experience was such a whirlwind and I'm missing it so, so much right now. Like I, I miss people a lot. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I am very happy to be here with you guys. <laughs> it is, it is the truest thing. I mean, thinking back on those days, uh, and, and really any day. I mean, thinking back to when I was at, oh, there's my dog. <laughs> thinking back to when I was, you know, at Starbucks last week is nostalgia at this point. But now it's it's at the point where, you know, thinking about how we might not have Celebration Anaheim and thinking about how, I mean, it's, it, it ain't looking good, um, but how there are 
um, so many lifestyle changes that have happened so fast. It's it's like we've taken to the internet in even bigger ways now. Of please give me a laugh, please give me a friend, and, and now we're <laughs> we're all sort of like interviewing each other and talking. And so uh, when it comes to uh, Force Toast, like I said, I think it's it's been just over a year. I think a few probably a few weeks after, a few episodes after the one year. Um, how did that start? How long have you guys known each other? Is it, is it because of Star Wars? Did that come later? Uh, you can feel free to whoever wants to take the baton, the biography baton. Yeah, this is this is my baton usually. So Laura and I were both. I, it was we call it Star Wars season because usually before a movie comes out or something, a lot of bars do themed trivia. Mm-hmm. So this is before The Last Jedi came out and there was Star Wars trivia all over the place. You could find it two or three times a week. I mean, everywhere. And we were individually going around and like winning all of these Star Wars trivia things at bars all over Chicago. And we had crossed paths a couple, at least one time. And we didn't know each other. I know who Laura was because on a Facebook post, she was like, is this going to be extended universe and cartoons or just like the <laughs> movies? And I was oh, like, what a, oh, what a nerd. I was like, that bitch is going to be competition. Fuck. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so I knew just what she looked like. I remember I saw you at like an old, old town social or something. I was like, oh, that's her. And um, <laughs> but the last trivia of the year we went to, um, the trivia master. This is I used to be really good at trivia because I got first. I'm just gonna brag real quick. And um, Laura came in second, and she she had like nice friends who would go with her, but she was pretty much playing all by herself. So. Mm-hmm. You know, she's super solid. And um, the quiz master, we had both met individually at separate bars. And he was like, okay, you two have to meet. You're going to be friends. Da, 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 da. And we were like, okay. And then um, we met. We were up pretty late at that bar. And one of the things we did was exchange podcasts that we would listen to because there's so many out there, but like being a woman and, you know, just depending on your demographic and how you are in real life, tastes are very different. And, you know, you're a different person when you're 18 than when you're 30. And it's just, there's so much out there and it's hard to narrow it down. So that's one of the first things we did. And then we had all of this like gift card money to bars from winning these trivias that, I mean, I don't, we had hundreds of dollars, well over 500 combined. And we would just go and do these happy hours. And then I planted the seed and I was like, ooh, what if we did a podcast, like a lady podcast of us just talking how we talk because we're really shitty and like <laughs> do whatever we want. And, uh. and um, that kind of planted the seed. And then it took about a year after that before we actually launched. Uh, so it was a long, process of figuring things out pretty much um but yeah just it kind of all started from that exchanging what you listen to and just kind of like well you know what we want there isn't really anything for us so let's mm-hmm. just do it yeah i think that there is like you said that that, that period after figuring things out you get to that point i know i had that with this show of 
oh, that's such a killer idea. And then you see, then you've kicked down that door and then you see the path in front of you and they're like, well, there's the idea way down there. Now we have to <laughs> build toward it. But, but it's so cool that you guys found each other through trivia and that that's been such a part of your, of your lives and how there was uh, an openness coming from both of you because it's the, it's the sort of, I guess, to keep it Star Warsy, the dark side of fandom of when people sort of hoard knowledge and there's a very, um, well, how, how much do you know? Do you watch X? Do you read Y? And so you guys coming at it from that realm of who knows the most, it really is at, at the end, who knows the most, but still being open to each other and not saying, <laughs> well, I beat that girl or that girl beat me is, is really uh, special, I think, for a lot of, you know, a lot of people wouldn't be able to do that. Oh, We're yeah, both no, very competitive. It, it could have gone either way. Like, I, we could have easily met and just been like, okay, this bitch. Like, uh, no, and just, like, completely, like, run in opposite directions. But I'm really glad it worked out the way that it did. It really was, like, I mean, like, we shut that bar down that first night that we met just, like, sitting and talking Star Wars. And it was so fun because it's, like, it's so hard to meet friends when you're an adult and, like, make new friends. Oh, like, that's, God. like, impossible. Yeah. And it was... Alice was like one of the first new friends I had met in a long time at that time. And it was, it was just so cool. Like you kind of ride high on that for a long time. And uh, yeah, I'm glad it got us where we are now because it's, it's been so much fun. It's been a really fun year. We, we hit our one year mark back in February of this, of 2020. So it, it's been, it's been great. Yeah. So now that, now that your show is, you know, saying it's first words, it's walking, it's starting to put together simple sentences. I think that's right. I'm pretty sure that's how that's a bit that's a baby timeline. I'm pretty sure. Do uh, we put together simple sentences though? Yeah, yeah, and that's questionable. <laughs> Definitely yeah. questionable. Per, perhaps, perhaps not. But you know, alcohol helps. Uh, and so, explain how the the angle um, of bringing that into the podcast from bar trivia to well, what if we just actually named it something based on that and incorporated that into it and i i know that in the if you go to uh forced toast on social i believe it's we're up episode 32 is the most recent right 32 or 31 32 just came out yeah 32 just came out okay that's what i thought and there's the you know the the, the bit about you know what drink would for x character asajj comes up and things like that uh in the clip out and so people can get a taste of it there how, how did that sort of become a key element uh, in hashing it out. How did we go from, oh, we should do a show to, okay, now we know what it is. Well, I mean, that's all is part of it. Cause it's like, oh, we like saying whatever the fuck shit we want. And we like drinking a lot. So what if we did, you know, our podcast around drinking, talking how we want, doing what we want and also have trivia in it just because why not? That's how we met. And I, I mean, it was pretty seamless kind of figuring out what it was because it was like, well, this is what we do normally and this is what we would want to listen to. Yeah, that was a big part of it was that, you know, there are so many, there are a lot of Star Wars podcasts, like let's admit that there are a ton of them and a lot of them are doing the same thing. And so we really wanted to figure out like, well, what voice is missing from this group and in what, you know, what what is something different that we can bring to the table? That was really important to us because that was, that was the whole thing of like, you know, Alice is like, well, we should do a podcast. And I'm like, no, there are too many Star Wars podcasts. <laughs> like, like there really, there really are. And so you know, when we finally did decide to, okay, here's our, here's our sort of pitch and here's our elevator pitch. And here's our, here's our sort of jam. Um, and the vibe we want to go with it, it, it really took off from there. And it was really just a matter of trying to find like 
how can we be different in this already very busy space? And I, I like to think that maybe we achieved something there. I think yeah. you definitely did. I, I will say that, uh, that I, I mean, just the name, the, the idea of it, everything going back to a year ago when I ran into you guys after that, that match, just thinking like, well, you know, there are a ton of, like you said, a ton of the shows that are, you know, just, just the news or, or, or just the, you know, uh, this show or, or rebels or clone wars, or just, you know, this trilogy, this trilogy to make it, you know, sort of the, the hosts first, the people first, and then star Wars being the connective thing instead of, you know, just facts, you know, cause everybody can just read Wikipedia you know, at the end of the day is, is the way that I've always felt about it. And so the shows that I gravitate toward is if you believe that those people are friends. Um, but I, I, you know, thinking about like what we were going to talk about, I floated a couple ideas in my head and, and via DM and things like that. But ultimately, I sort of just want to get into uh, where you think this is going, because I think that that's the loosest, most amorphous topic. It's the most casual. It's the most fitting because we're stuck now with no knowledge of what's about to come after Clone Wars Season 7, and we're literally stuck now in our lives, I am going to drink for the first time on this show in your honor. All righty. What is this? That was this a is good Sailfish. Crack. Hashtag not an ad. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that a lot of people have to say that that in, in my line of work. You, hashtag not an ad. Um, so where are you at right now in terms of what you're excited for uh, just in things that are coming up, obviously we're going to be waiting a little bit longer for some of those things. Uh, is it higher public novels? Is it new series? Is it stuff that's already ongoing? Like, uh, Marvel, Star Wars, things like that. That's a great question because I think Alice and I have very different answers. So this is a, this is a good question for us. Like Alice, what are, what's your thing that's got you like super pumped? I mean, I'm, I'm stoked to see the end of, uh, shit. I'm close. I'm cloaked. I'm stoked to see the end of Clone Wars. Hashtag cloaked. And yeah, hashtag cloaked. And like, I'm super stoked to see where that goes. And I, I have so many ideas and I'm sure they're all wrong. And then I love Jedi shit. So I'm super pumped for the High Republic. Um, just see what it's about. Uh, Charles Soul, his Vader comics were so good that... I'm excited to see what a book by him looks like because I just, I haven't seen that before. I, I didn't think about comic writers as book writers, even though I know Delilah Dawson had a lot of crossover stuff with that, mm -hmm. but you know, that's the near near future. Obviously I love Ewan McGregor and I'm going to be obsessed with the Kenobi series. I don't even care if it's just him standing and talking in front of like a white <laughs> background. I'm totally cool with that, but that's going to be a ways off, especially now that productions on everything is pretty much halted until yeah. further notice. But that, I think that's my, those are my high points and then we'll see whatever comes out. Laura and I are both big fans of reading all the books and hopefully we'll be getting advanced copies Bless. Or, that we can uh, that we can read early. That would be really nice and fun. Just make sure that you take pictures of all the pages and then write, write, <laughs> DM write them about all of it. Yeah, to everybody sure. on Twitter. <laughs> just no, be sure to do that. Del Rey, we won't be doing that. I promise. Yeah, yeah um, we definitely won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Laura, what about you? 
Um, so yeah, Alice, Alice talked about how we're, we're pretty into books. We didn't sort of enter our podcast thinking like, oh, this is going to be a Star Wars books podcast. And it, it isn't, but there, we do a lot of stuff when it comes to Star Wars reading and we have a lot of fun with that. Um, just recently I wrote like, uh, I wrote, a, I did a little write up on like the rise of Skywalker novelization and I had so much fun writing it and reading that book that I'm like, I'm looking forward to doing more of that kind of stuff too. I think we've got at least five books coming out this year. Um, like Star Wars, other adult or young adult novels that are coming out. So I'm pumped for those. Yeah. Um, I'm a lot more excited about the prospect of this rumored Star Wars Rebels sequel series. Uh. Um, that, you know, this whole thing isn't confirmed. Like Lucasfilm hasn't confirmed it. No one at Disney has confirmed anything. But I, you know, I, I'm fairly confident that it's coming at some point soon. Um, so I'm, I was a huge Star Wars Rebels fan. That's like what really got me into like the Star Wars fandom was that show um, was sort of my jumping off point. And I'm really, really excited to see where that goes um, and hopefully pick up with some of those characters and, and see them again on screen. I'm I'm really excited about that prospect. So that that's sort of what I'm holding on to at the moment. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping that we would get that like announced at Star Wars Celebration. And now I'm just like, everything's up in the air like what do i have to be excited for now i don't know um but that that's kind of where i'm at um you know we are a ways off from the next movie i think which is unfortunate um and in the next animated series i who knows how how far off that is but i'd like to think that that's at least in progress um and then we'll see that at some point within the calendar year and i and i think that it's with the with the movie note and i think i I said this on a imperial senate podcast i think that 2022 just got a hell of a lot less attainable uh for a feature just based on everything that's going on right now so they had 22 24 and 26 dated i think we're gonna have to go 24 26 28 at this point because it's just things are crazy but in terms of what both you guys said i mean the the rebel sequel i mean i'm wearing a rebel shirt right now i mean i've got a sabine tattoo uh that those are those are my characters uh in new canon i mean that show uh meant the world to me so i'm hoping that like how resistance was in pre-production during like rebel season three four that there was that sort of lead up And, and then to tie it in with what alice said about High Republic, I mean, that plan apparently has been being talked about since 2014, you know, that they've been kicking these ideas around and then they assembled their writer's room and it seems like such a well-cooked idea and just that they thought of everything. I mean, the behind the scenes uh, little snippet that they put out for it. So both of those things are really, really exciting. But tying off of something that you just said about how you didn't intend for Force Toast to become so book centric, and it is. Uh, what are your individual favorite Star Wars novels at the present moment? My favorite is Dark Disciple. Ooh, I was obsessed with it. I got emotional at the end, which I'm not a very emotional person. I'm kind of like, mm, my soul is like dark and, you know, not great. We can and... say it. Alice is a little dead inside. Yeah. My, yeah. my chemical romance blares in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what I always say is if people are pinatas, you know, and you break the pinata open, what's going to come out? Like there's candy, there's feather and glitters, and then me, it's like nuts and bolts, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I I love how you said, like I always say, like I I just flashed to like a a cutaway of you as a kid, like in kindergarten, like (laughs) 
well, miss, you know, I'm just uh, like a pinata of nuts and bolts. <laughs> and they're, 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 they're writing home to your parents like, Alice said something concerning today in class. Like, yeah, I, I think that's a great analogy. <laughs> but um, yeah, Dark Disciple is my all-time favorite. I also loved... Oh, it's so hard to remember now because I've I've read over thirty of the canon books. Um, so many. Oh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, I really loved. Oh, very good. Um, All the Claudia, like, really. Yeah, I looking back on uh, Master and Apprentice, like I was like, oh, it's okay. Um, but oh, what else? I don't know. Lost Stars is very good. You were really into Bloodline, weren't you? Oh, yes. I forgot about that one. Bloodline. Bloodline is very good. Yeah. Bloodline. Those those are in my top three-ish. I'd have to look at a list to remember everything. (laughs) It all mixes together. Laura, what about you? So I'm, I just recently, for some reason, read Dark Disciple. I don't know why I put it off for so long. I think it was just like a rebellious thing where Alice is like, you have to read Dark Disciple. It's so good. And I'm just like, I don't give a shit about the prequel era. I don't want to read this. And I like finally <laughs> sat down and actually read it. And I was just like, oh, fuck, I was so wrong. This book is so good. <laughs> no, I put it off for like two years or something. I downloaded it on my Kindle and just avoided it. And I was like, okay, I don't have anything else to read. So I'll go ahead and do it. And then I was like, <laughs> what? I had a similar uh, like rebelling against nothing type experience with the the new Zahn Thrawn trilogy, where when that first one came out, ran to Barnes & Noble when I was on break at work, uh, picked it up. Then I, I put it on my, you know, side table by my bed and then didn't read it for like six to eight months. And oh, I remember, that's so weird. I remember looking at it and was like, why can't I begin a relationship with you? And I think it was because the the discourse, the discourse over, you know, so many angry guys online saying how much better the, the Thrawn trilogy was and the sequels, man, and things like that, that I, I started to take it out on this new Thrawn book. In a weird way, where I was like, "Man, I, I don't, I don't have time for this right now. I'll, I'll just read, I'll read something else, or, or I'll read, you know, about new, new characters, or I'll continue watching Rebels, which is ironic because that's where he is. And so then once I treated it like a Rebels tie-in, it, which it is, it definitely made me be able to swallow it better. There is one thing though in, in the thread of conversation that we're in right now that Laura just said that I, I want to dig into for a second, and it was quote. I don't give a shit about the prequels era. <laughs> Explain. And is it and is it complicated for you uh, in a prequels renaissance? Like, is it is it Alice sort of makes you come around on it like she did with Dark <laughs> Disciple? Uh, what What is the relationship there like? You know, it's it's funny. It's nice for our show because we are coming at it from very different points of view. We have very different opinions in terms of like what our favorite Star Wars is. And, you know, I, I sort of came into Star Wars really late. I didn't come into it as a child. I don't have these like really fond childhood memories of watching the original trilogy on my VHS tapes. Like I, I just didn't have that. I didn't have nerdy parents. They just didn't get it. So I, but I've sort of always had this like obsessive personality. So there's always been like some sort of fandom I've kind of grasped onto. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, Star Wars sort of started in like 2015. Um, and that's why Rebels was sort of my my intro, because that that's where, you know, I really kind of fell in love with like the age of the rebellion 
Um, the original trilogy movies aren't my favorite movies. Like Star Wars Rebels is my favorite Star Wars of all of it. Mm -hmm. um, but having watched the prequels for the first time as an adult, I also don't have like the nostalgia factor that yes. people who are my age got when they went and saw the prequels when they were 10 years old in theaters. I, I missed out on that. So I watch them now and I'm like, I love playing in the sandbox of Star Wars. I'm totally down to just like hang out in the world and just be there and, and really and really enjoy it. Um, but the prequels are really not my Star Wars. They're not, they're definitely my generation Star Wars. There's a lot of people that really identify them, you know, Alice especially. And I've sat down with her and watched them to be like, can I see this through your eyes? Like, can, mm -hmm. if I sit and watch it with you, can I build some kind of appreciation for it? And at the end of the day, there's just that nostalgia factor I'm just missing where I, I just didn't have that and I'm never going to have that. So th that really just isn't my Star Wars. I'm also a big fan of the sequel trilogy, um, or I was for the most part, um, because that's <laughs> sort of, you know, again, like when I came into Star Wars, that's right. what, that's what, was going on when I was coming into it. So that's sort of what I latch on to um, and, and, you know, identify with for the most part. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have a huge problem with the prequel movies. I will sit and watch them. Obviously I have to like for trivia, they're just right. not my, they're not my favorite in the same way. Like the original trilogy isn't my favorite. I like star Wars rebels and I like the sequel trilogy and that's sort of been, um, you know, that's just where I identify. That's for me. That's awesome though. I mean, it, it's those different, uh, vantage points. I mean, I, my friend Lo uh, has been on a couple episodes of the show, and because I mean, you have to, I have to go back and listen to get her story exactly right. It's just best told by her. But she talked about how the Ewok movies were her entry point into Star Wars because they were on television when she was living overseas as a kid, uh, and it's those those entry points. But for you, Alice, who Alice was just raising the roof, by the way, at the at the, <laughs> at the words Ewok movies, the roof was raised. Uh, you are, uh, as Laura just indicated, a a more of a of a prequel fan, and I know that for me, I was six when Attack of the Clones came out, and so I remember sitting in that theater and thinking that I had just witnessed the peak of art, and I didn't even know how to explain that at that <laughs> moment. But it's but it but it's the exact thing that Laura's is talking about, like that nostalgia like maybe maybe we need to surround laura with a classroom of first and second graders and make her watch it with them uh but that is that was my sort of experience so uh, where, where do the prequels come in for you alice so for me i i've always had like nerd groups my best friends were these two dudes we loved lord of the rings we loved star wars like we learned to write in Elvish, you know, all sorts of goofy shit, uh, sword fights, you know, just stuff that no one would ever do in their right mind for any reason. But, hey, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere and just there wasn't much else to do. So uh, that's what we had. But I actually didn't watch The Phantom Menace until before uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. And Revenge of the Sith was like a huge graduation party type thing for me and my friends from high school. But Attack of the Clones is my favorite Star Wars movie. And I think part of it, I kind of got like Stockholm syndrome into it. Because <laughs> I, I babysat this family and there were three children in it. And I watched them like once a week probably at least. 
And they had one Star Wars movie on DVD. And every time I came over, they're like, you like Star Wars? Let's watch the Star Wars movie, Alice. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. And it was Attack of the Clones. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, all right. And, you know, I, I watched it so many times. I was so down with it. And then once I started watching all of the movies together, I'm like, oh, it's so complicated. There's all of these different, like, scenes. The music's so good. Like, all sorts of plot points to deal with. It have effects elsewhere. Like, this is great. So, um, yes, I think that's part of the reason I got so much into the prequels is when you watch them enough, then you you appreciate and understand why and what they are is are the scripts like really great? No. Is the innovation of movie making awesome and impressive? Yes. Are the plot points and how they lead to other things awesome? Yes. So I think that's kind of what and why it sticks with me. And then Revenge of the Sith, I mean, it was right after I graduated high school and my friends and I went to the midnight showing back when they had midnight showings and we saw it, like loved it. And the thing about Star Wars is it can be campy and cheesy when Anakin turns into Vader and is just like, no, <laughs> the whole theater laughed. I laughed, you know, we were like, this is fucking ridiculous, but <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> It's fine. I love that movie. Like, yeah, the the inherent camp has to be part of it. And I, I think I I remember being a kid watching Revenge of the Sith in that exact moment. Adults around me sort of scoffing, but there was like this this energy of like my childhood because my mom brought me. My mom sat in the back of the theater because she didn't give a shit. Uh, but and she's like, "Go sit up front. Go sit up front." Because back then, as a kid, I wanted to be super close. And seeing him burn on Mustafar and then become Vader, and there wasn't an, an adult could have punched me in the face at that moment and it would not have broken the intense like connection i had with the screen at that second where i thought like first of all <laughs> there's never gonna ever gonna be another one of these ever again that's what they told me that's what my uncles told me and second of all this is the darkest most brutal this is a grown-up movie this is a grown-up <laughs> movie and 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 i've been i've always had that weird connection to that where now it's like like you're saying you could look back and say these are the critical errors, but at the same time, there's an appreciation there. And by the way, shout out to you for for representing Attack of the Clones like that, because every time it gets ranked last, the I, those lists to me are suspect, because I don't think that Attack of the Clones is worse than Phantom Menace. And lots of people put Phantom Menace as the top prequel, and I think that it should be 3-2-1 for me personally. Phantom Menace I used to not like until I had to make myself watch it over and over to study for trivia. And then I think I got Stockholm Syndrome again. Like, I used to just fast forward only to the Jedi points or parts. Yeah. And then I I just, like, skipped everything else. But now I have a real appreciation for it and the background it gives on all of the, like, political stuff and the, like, mm -hmm. planting of seeds and everything. I'm just like, hell yeah. Like, this is a really good movie. So now I I used, again, I used to fast forward through it. And now I'm like, yeah. yes, this is great. There's so much cool stuff. Now for you saying, you know, I used to fast forward to the Jedi stuff and you indicating that, that love with High Republic and Laura tying into that with a love of Rebels, which is really even more so than Clone Wars, I think, Filoni going to that really personal force place. Uh, would you say that the Force Toast team collectively is 
very much so into the the mysticism. You know, for people that haven't heard your conversations, are should we expect you know you guys to gravitate more toward that more so than like stormtroopers and ships and and the rebels and the empire? Because I know that's how it is for me. Ooh, that's hard to say. Um, I mean, I think that I I like I'm definitely like a student of the deep fourth shit. Yeah, it's hard to say. I'm definitely a student of the deep force shit that like Dave Filoni likes to take us into. Like I love going down that rabbit hole of like just getting into like weird force stuff. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not totally certain if like, if that's sort of Alice's way that she leans, I guess we probably lean a little bit more towards like, yeah, like we're sort of into like the Jedi and the force. And we definitely probably lean more towards that way than we do. Like we're not like pro empire or anything like that, but we also like, we don't really have a ton of really deep conversations on our show. Like we try to just keep it light and silly and we don't, I don't know if we really, you know, pick a team too much in in that sort of sense of it. Yeah. We're pretty open. I love Jedi shit in general. Like I'm just like, give it all to me. I don't care. Whatever. It's the force holler. They have lightsabers and can jump real cool. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, I'm good to go with pretty much anything Jedi like. I don't really care about the depth. I just like the look and the fun and like the neat things. And I like the depth. Yeah. (laughs) And you're you're like, I would like to add uh, (laughs) and depth too. Uh, Would would you say, Alice, that? And I don't know the answer to this. uh, That your favorite Star Wars character is a Jedi, and if so, who? Oh, prequel Obi Wan Kenobi. 100%. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then and then Laura, you're nodding. Are you in agreement? Yeah, that's definitely who her favorite Star Wars character is. I, I know that for, for a fact. I don't know. I'm, in terms of who mine is, but yeah, I'm like, oh, I know the answer to this question for Alice. <laughs> and what about you? Um, that's hard to say. I, I sort of jump around a lot. Like I really I, I really didn't have that that much connection to like kylo ren ben solo before the rise of skywalker and that's sort of the one thing that i walked away from that movie really enjoying i didn't enjoy that movie for the most part but i loved everything that they did with him so i really enjoyed i really enjoyed the the sort of journey that that character went on um i don't know if i would call it my favorite character i sort of kind of bounced back and forth between him and like Kanan Jarrus and Harris and Dula are my my two favorites, you know, from from Star Wars are are naturally from Star Wars Rebels. Um, th- those are probably my favorite characters. Ahsoka Tana was up there somewhere in the top four or five, but that's I kind of bounce between those three depending on what I'm watching and reading and listening to and stuff. I would uh, jump on to that to those points uh, just by saying that. Uh, Kanan and Hera is the goat Star Wars romance, and <laughs> if any if anyone disagrees, feel free to thumbs down or one star this. But it is truly <laughs> the best. It it shocks me. I was actually watching Rebels clips earlier today, uh, just on YouTube. Sometimes I'll I, I like this to get joy by watching st- people's Star Wars reaction videos because I think it helps me sort of relive those things. And, you know, Kane and Hera kiss moment and just a lot of their conversations and just things like that. Uh, and I don't want to go full spoilers into Rebels, 
Uh, and I will be upfront with why, uh, because my girlfriend hasn't finished it, and I know that she's going to listen to this episode. So we'll all we'll all nod in agreement over over things that we know that happen. Um, hi, Aaron. Uh, and so we are. <laughs> uh, see, I tried. She always gets on me for accidentally spoiling. I tried. Um, but with with Kanan and Hera and Obi Wan and everyone that we just mentioned, obviously there's agreement between the three of us. But when it comes to you two, what are your biggest Star Wars disagreements? Wow, that's hard know. to think about. I'm like, you know, I know that. Alice is very much like prequel, pro, like pro prequel. And I'm sort of, I wouldn't say I'm anti prequel. It's just not my favorite. Um, I feel like we're pretty level headed. Yeah. We can see things from each other's point of view. And we're not like, you're stupid if you don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not a character that, that one of you loves uh, where you're like, I love, I don't know, I Mace Windu. And then the other person's like, Mace Windu sucks. Like there's not that one sticking point. We both no, think Boba Fett. Yeah, we both think Boba Fett sucks, but there's Boba there's Fett a whole thing. Suck. He does suck. He sucks. He's so dumb. Um, we I think we have one sort of discrepancy in that I I sort of when it comes to fandom in general, I sort of I'm I'm sort of all in for any kind of shipping for the most part. And Alice like literally didn't know what that word even meant until like a year ago. Like just okay. does not, just does not give a shit about any kind of like shipping when it comes to star Wars at all. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I'm sort of in between the two of you where I have known what shipping was because it, it was sort of already a prevalent thing when I was like in high school and Tumblr culture and everyone in high school sort of having their ships and things like that. But I personally have never engaged in it so i knew about it but but alice with with that is it just something that because it was a recent revelation that you just don't think it's in your like routine uh well i did i had zero clue what it was i was like what is the shipping word and it's just it's not it's just not for me i'm a very jaded unimaginative person so <laughs> it's it's kind of like okay if you like that great if you now, don't, do you have sure. a do you have a favorite uh, canon Star Wars relationship? No, I don't think so. I mean, I lo I love the prequels, so obviously Anakin and Padme, even though it's a little sketchy, the shit they have going on, a little awkward <laughs> and uh, inappropriate sometimes. But like him watching her pack her underwear kind of creeps me out. But I, no. So I you're saying that good. it's not uh, it's not good dating practices to float a piece of pear across the table while saying you're exactly the way I imagined you in my dreams. I know next to nothing about dating practices, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, Asajj and, uh, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, Quinlan? Quin Quinlan Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. I think they had a good romance. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely did. That's um, that's really funny that you bring that up because some, I think there was a show recently that reached out to us and they're like, it was right around Valentine's Day. They're like, do you guys want to come on and talk about like relationship advice, like with Star Wars and stuff? Like, I think they were just like, oh, two single girls, like we'll have them come on. And we were just like, oh, you don't want 
Uh, we are not what you're looking for at all. We should not be like giving advice out to literally anyone ever about anything. Uh, Definitely no. not about relationships. Sorry. No. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> you have to you have to be aware of where your strong suits are. You know, you don't want to have prequel Jedi arrogance and run in there half cocked. I understand. That makes yeah. sense. I'm like, we will come on and talk about literally anything else. Like I will sit and I will sit in on your show and and talk about the paint on the wall in my apartment. Like I don't need to that's about that's literally gonna be way more interesting than me trying to give dating advice. <laughs> and also with, with Star Wars, I mean, there is uh to look at I mean, I'd be interested to hear hear what they came up with, but the relationships are sort of all I'm pretty sure all are, you know, covered in tragedy to a certain degree. I mean, there is that because Star Wars is like space opera romanticism, like even the happiest of them. I mean, even Han and Leia, they had, you know, 20 plus good years, uh, but it they were separated by the time they saw each other again. And it, it, all of them, you know, for reasons that we can spoil and can't are all sort of to a degree sad. And so I don't that's not the franchise necessarily that I would go to for that type of thing. You know, you mentioned Lord of the Rings earlier, Alice. I would sooner go to like Aragorn and Arwen you know, as, as a relationship example before I would go to anyone in Star Wars. That That's a perfect point. Yeah. Ugh, sorry, taking a sip. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, so, you know, we're talking about those disagreements and th those characters and, and where we are um, in terms of shipping with Alice. But for Laura, in terms of that being a big part of your fandom, uh, is there a particular one that you are all about that you have written written fic about, that you have written an analysis about, or anything like that? Um, I definitely haven't written any fan fiction. That's not really my go-to. Um, I, I do enjoy reading it um, occasionally. I've more recently sort of latched on to the Raylo fandom, like not super hardcore, um, but I'll read I'll read some of that stuff every now and then. Um, I was really, really into Kanan and Hera, and like, and that shit for the longest time. I mean, I've sort of like, I, I've sort of faded on it just a little bit. Just, you know, that's what happens with time. But I yeah. used to, I mean, I would like, heart, I would be refreshing the page like every night on like fan fiction <laughs> websites. Just like fucking waiting for my favorite authors to like update their shit. Because I'm just like, I need this. <laughs> like, I'm not getting this anywhere else. Because if you're, I mean, if you remember for the longest time, like the biggest thing with Kanan and Hera on Rebels was like, well, will they, won't they? For like yeah. three and a half seasons. Will they, won't they? Or or have they previously to the yeah. story? And I mean, like, did we not see it? I would like obsessively listen to like, Vanessa Marshall and Freddie Prince Jr. going on like interviews on shows and like talking about the relationship, just looking for like any little morsel I could get about it. And I would, it was, you know, this is the obsessive personality coming through. I was just like living for it. Um, and yeah, it was like, it was infuriating. So it's like, you know, when you can't scratch the itch, you got to go somewhere else. And I was just heading over to fan fiction websites to find it. And it was, you know, that, that's really, I had a lot of enthusiasm for that shit for a long time. And again, that's sort of, faded i wouldn't say that i feel as strongly about like the Raylo, you know situation as i do as i did about canera as we like to call it but <laughs> i um that that was really it i haven't had any others in star wars that i've really latched on to i obviously i loved dark disciple that's like one of my favorite books now too and and that was a great relationship i wish we could have seen 
I don't know actually if I, if I wish I could have seen that on screen. I'm actually really happy that we got Dark Disciple as a book. I think that format worked really well for it. And I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much um, on screen. So I'm, I'm happy that we got it the way that we did. I just wish it would have lasted longer, like maybe beyond what, like maybe we could have got a trilogy of books would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. It, it's sort of the, when you're, when you're dealing with those, you know, people that haven't read Dark Disciple, you know, it being based off of Clone Wars drafts and scripts that didn't get to see the light of day. It's sort of like we, and I have this with Ben Solo too, in Rise of Skywalker, where you, you just got a taste and you're like, oh God, why couldn't he be redeemed at the end of eight? That way I could have had this guy, you know, for, for so much longer. And, you know, we could spend all night, you know, talking about what we want, but it, it's effective. And a lot of that, you know, to Adam Driver, to uh, writers like Christy Golden and all these people involved for making us, you know, salivate for all of this shit, for all of this, uh, this space fantasy uh, escapist shit, which is really <laughs> what it is at the end of the day. Um, but back, you know, we've sort of gone on so many different tangents at this point, uh, you know, up top when we were talking about what we were looking forward to the most, uh, we did touch on the fact that there is a movie slated of some kind. Um, and obviously movies being the big anchor, it'll always be, um, with the way Disney Lucasfilm runs things, it'll always be the priority. Extra canon sort of works around them, you know, like we, so we had resistance just wrapped up resistance exists solely to function as a sequel trilogy adjacent piece. It fits in and it moves throughout that time period. I just like how rebels led into, Oh, I'm seeing resistance reactions. <laughs> what's, what's happening. Alice watched star Wars resistance when I refused to, and uh, she would do recaps on our show every episode when it was on, but she sort of did them in like our, what end, what has ended up becoming our sort of signature, silly drunken way. Um, because, so that's the, that's the lens through which I have seen Star Wars Resistance. I haven't actually seen it. Um, but that's yeah, hysterical. Alice had to sit and endure all of those episodes of those two seasons. It's through my very, what's a critical, lifelike lens, perhaps. I can't think of the word I'm actually looking for. But, you know, like sometimes the characters, you just forget their names because they kind of sucked. Like there was one <laughs> called, I don't know what his name was, but I started calling him Richard. And then eventually he was just such a bitch that it changed to Bitchard. You got to give me more than Bitchard. Because I, 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 for a second, I was like, oh, I might be able to remember the name. The one then... that hung out with Tam, who was also a oh, pilot. Uh... Elijah Wood. Yes. No. Well, Elijah Wood was the Jason character, right? But that's him. That's the guy. Jason? No, this guy Star Wars. This is a Ro different. This is different Rocklin, guy. The, uh, Rocklin, I think. Yeah, the, the blonde kid. The blonde. Okay. Yeah. He turned into Richard and then Bichard because his name Bichard. just didn't matter. Um, <laughs> like Jaeger was Jaeger Bomb. It's just, you know, whatever. Rest. It was a very. Brass, brass fixture trooper guy. He didn't have a name. He was just brass fixture trooper guy. Yeah, I, whatever. It, it was very realistic, my reviews. Brass um, fixture is actually a Star Wars name. Like when you just say it, brass fixture could be like a pilot in Star Wars. That sounds oh, like something George Lucas would come up with. Like sure. a combo word. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Possible. <laughs> 
um so <laughs> it's it i just have like these these images now of just drinking in front of the tv yelling at resistance i don't remember any of your names <laughs> it's, it's, oh that's awesome especially because it is i mean like laura has tangentially experienced it but it because it does lean so slapsticky and so like elementary school audience to to review it in an alcohol infused way is just perfect irony. It's just, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> uh, but with, 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 with that said, I mean, with, with the movie stuff sort of in flux, sort of unknown, uh, what do you want? You know, if, if you were able to make these decisions, where would you go? Where are you interested in out of what we've heard? I mean, are you, are you, do you holding out hope for Ryan Johnson trilogy? Uh, cause I am. Um, and, and what are you, uh, thinking what are you, are you hoping for standalones are you hoping for trilogies do you want them to shatter that glass and do four f- five films six films all i want is old school jedi shit i'm talking like i was a little disappointed when i found out the higher public was only what 200 years before the yeah. phantom menace i want yeah. like 2000 years before the phantom menace but other than that i'm happy camper i think laura um, you know, I loved The Last Jedi. It's like my second favorite Star Wars film. So I'm all about the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Like, I'm excited to see what comes of that and when it's set and what kind of, you know, weird force shit he wants to serve to me on a platter. Like, I'm excited for that, um, just to see where it goes. The time period for that isn't quite as important to me. I just, I'm just excited to see it in general. Um, right. I'm trying to think of kind of what else I'm... Like, the Kevin Feige produced thing, I'm just kind of like, okay, that exists, that's fine. Like, I, I'm not... I also not think a- that everybody freaked out about that in a way that was so... I mean, you just said it. Kevin Feige produced. Like, lots of... I mean, Steven Spielberg has produced things, and they are of they are not Steven Spielberg films. You know, Kevin Feige's not a director. Yeah. I, I, I would... When that announcement came out and the fandom lost their minds, my reaction was... Yeah, but like, but like, what? Who's doing it? Yeah, by he being behind a desk, approving budgets and hiring people, is not movie making. It doesn't say much. Yeah, um, I mean, there was a rumor for a while that Taika Waititi was going to be involved in a Star Wars film. I don't see anything like that like coming to fruition. Like that doesn't seem like something that's real. Um, and if it was, I feel like it would just be a lot of like Star Wars isn't supposed to be this funny. Like it would just be a lot of that horse shit, but just like up, turned up to like an eleven. Yes, and I really love the like I love the Thor movie that Taika Waititi did. I think it's the most rewatchable Marvel movie, at least for me, because it's just so fucking hysterical. And I'm I'm a little bit of a comedy nerd, so I, I tend to I love to delve into that kind of thing. Um, and I love being in his brain and seeing what makes him laugh because it made me laugh too. So I, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, I, I would be curious to see him make something. I just don't think that it's real or it's going to happen because I feel like every time someone tries to do something funny in Star Wars, there's a whole giant section of the fandom that's just like, oh, it doesn't feel like Star Wars. Eh, I okay. am so glad you said this. So a little bit of behind the scenes uh, just for people listening. At the time of this recording, a few episodes of this show have already been recorded. When you're listening to this episode, dear listener, you can go back and listen to the episode, two episodes before this, one before this, uh, called The Comedy of Star Wars with Joseph Scrimshaw, where we exclusively, and Laura and Alice haven't heard it because they're being recorded in the same week, but we actually broke down 
exactly what you're talking about, why people are so pissed off all the time, what the eras have brought comedy-wise, what's a Star Wars joke, what's not a Star Wars joke. And and it's a really interesting conversation. I'm so glad you said that, not just for the plug I just did, but because uh, <laughs> people do get so out of line with that crap. Like, it. why is it that... Now I'm going to rant for a second. Why is it that... <laughs> In Last Jedi, which I'm right there with you, Laura. It's, it's my second favorite, too. I put Return of the Jedi first, then Last Jedi. Um, why is it that Poe's, you know, thing at the beginning with Hux pissed people off so much? And they and their argument is that's not Star Wars humor. Whereas, you know, and you know, being a comedy nerd, in the real world, which stories have to reflect, uh, a George Carlin or a Richard Pryor special is not a John Mulaney Eliza Schlesinger special because comedy changed. So comedy can change in life, but comedy in universe can't change. I mean, 30 years went by from Luke Hanalea to Poe Dameron. Maybe decades in that world, his humor got a little more what we would expect now. And that's like super just nerd thinking about like what is culture like in that galaxy. But it just seems like such a ridiculous complaint because the filmmakers are in their... 30s and 40s today and it's it to me it's just kind of dumb yeah i know i mean i'm in the same boat and i'm i know exactly what you're saying like and comedy is different now than it than it was 30 40 years ago and you can't i can't imagine trying to make a joke in a star wars movie that comes out now that would have been written for a movie that like it just there's just such a huge disconnect there in terms of like the general audience that's watching now and the general audience that was watching then. Like it, it's just it would not make any sense at all. So, uh, you know, I'll leave that conversation to you and Joseph. I'm actually I'm really looking forward to going and listening to it now. I didn't know that you had been on or that you had had him on, um, but he's. He's a goddamn delightful human, and he wrote the intro to Ken Knapsack's book, uh, yes. Why We Love Star Wars, and it, like, made me cry on public transportation. It was so good. Like, Joseph Scrimshaw is just, he's fucking, he's a phenomenal he's, dude. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, his intro to Ken's book, like you were saying, um, I was lucky enough that I had Ken on uh, when the book came out, and reading that and reading what, seeing that friendship come through, uh, between them and and with Jennifer Lando's portion of that book, um, now we're just talking about people that we admire in the fandom, which which just speaks to which <laughs> just, just speaks to no exactly, but it speaks to what we were saying earlier about how it has helped us develop friendships and find people to connect with and things like that. Um, that's why having those conversations about those those uh, spicy Star Wars issues, like is it a Star <laughs> Wars joke? Like you want to go to those people, um, but it is an interesting thought. Uh, while we're thinking about it, um, Alice or Laura, do either of you have a favorite Star Wars moment of comedy or a joke? Because like you're saying, there is that disconnect of generations and audiences. Some moments live forever, uh, like most of the Harrison comedy. But at the same time, there are some things um, like some people think Ewoks are dumb. I think that those people are wrong. Uh, Ewoks are, in fact, the biggest species. Um, but feel free. Uh, to jump in. <laughs> um, Alice and I recently had a conversation, um, and I don't remember if it was on our show or on a guest spot we did somewhere, but we were talking about the I love you, I know moment from The Empire Strikes Back. Now, keep in mind, I'm I'm 31 years old. I was not alive when the original trilogy came out, um, and I didn't see it until I was in my late 20s, um, or I guess my mid-20s. And that moment for me, the I love you, I know 
for the I mean, since I've seen Star Wars, I did not know that that was supposed to be an epic romantic moment. For oh, me, so every <laughs> single time I hear it, watch it, see it, it is it is one of the funniest moments in Star Wars for me. I think it's just fucking hysterical. Every time I watch it, I'm just like, <laughs> what a dick that he just said that. But that's so fucking hysterical to me. It never once occurred to me just until like recently. I'm like, wait. Is this supposed to be like a big touching thing that you all thought was so sweet? And everyone in the theater was just like, oh, like, wait, really, though? Like, it, it will never stop playing as like hysterical to me for some reason. That's so interesting. Alice, <laughs> what, 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 what was it like when you heard that that analysis? I was shocked. I was like, wait, what? How did you even get there? <laughs> Because it's always funny. It's just, it just doesn't, I, God, I do not know. It does not, that moment somehow, I would never in my, like, if somebody said that to me, I would just like, you fucking asshole. Did you seriously just say that? Like, you are literally, we're about to die and you literally just said that to me. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, it just is so funny to me. That whole situation, the way it plays, just some reason plays this comedy to me. I don't know. Maybe I looked up too much Etsy memorabilia with an open heart that I was like, oh, so, so cute. That that kind of <laughs> <laughs> skewed it a bit. That's so interesting. So real quick, I do want to hear Alice's favorite uh, Star Wars comedy moment if, there, uh, if there's one that springs to mind. But just quick aside about that. Does that mean that, you know, in Rise of Skywalker – or in Return of the Jedi, when you get callbacks to I Love You, I Know, that those callbacks don't work for you? Um, I mean, they work. It works in Return of the Jedi. I, I like that movie a lot. That's my favorite of the original trilogy. So it, it, that one works. Um, you'll have to remind me of what it is in Rise of Skywalker because it's been three months since I've seen that movie. That's okay. It's uh, so when he's talking to his memory of Han and he says, Dad. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't okay. say I love you. And so that I'm just I mean, I that that moment definitely played as like an extremely loving, like beautiful moment. I definitely picked up on it there. Um, but yeah, that there's just that, the original moment. Yeah. Yeah. The original moment is what for some reason will always be funny. That's to so me. funny. Every, now every I'm time. going to watch it next time I see Empire and giggle. <laughs> thinking about thinking about Laura cackling at the at the fucking screen every this, time. <laughs> I'm telling you, every time it makes me laugh out loud. That's awesome. Uh, but, but Alice, how about you? I mean, we, you, being a prequels lover, there's tons of crap in all three of those movies. <laughs> that there's is funny. tons of crap that's ridiculous and funny. <laughs> but I think the thing most recently that I've laughed at the hardest like more than anything else is at the beginning of rise of skywalker when they're like are you done yet and they're talking to claude and he doesn't have hands he's just got it's, like his antler thingies yes. and they're like they're like are you done yet and he's like Meh. and you're just <laughs> like but he doesn't have hands how is he fixing like things with buttons i don't understand it's like um, I, I just had this conversation too where it's like pose being like super like uh, aggressive stressing this thing out when clearly it has to use like fucking telekinesis to fix whatever he's fixing because <laughs> staring at it is not going to be that effective. I didn't even notice it the first time I watched it. I, it was the second time when Laura and I went together and that was the last time I saw it. Um, the second time when Laura and I went together and I noticed Claude 
actually. And I was like, oh my god, what the fuck? I couldn't stop laughing. It was just so ridiculous. He's he like does kind of blend into the background. It's sort of easy to miss him. He's like a banana beanbag yep. type thing. <laughs> just standing off to the side. Uh, that's a really uh, weird character design and creatures have sort of fascinated me more and more as we've sort of gotten more like behind the scenes with, with all those designs and everything and as I've gotten older and you see them enough times and so you start focusing more on the background you guys have a favorite uh, you know I, I obviously go hard for the Ewoks but do you have a favorite creature alien or, or background weirdo Oh, I've got a good one. And this is weird because there's like a whole story about him that I have not read for some reason. I'll get around to it at some point. Just for some reason, I've put it off. Um, In The Rise of Skywalker, no, I'm sorry. In The Last Jedi, there is a background character um, that sort of runs by the screen at some point. So he get, he gets a few seconds of of being on screen uh, right in the forefront. But he his name is Kedpin Shocklop. He's a little and- pin guy. Yeah, and he looks like a little uh, naked uh, Cyclops thing that runs through uh, when he's in the spa and the the horse-like fathier creatures run through with Finn and Rose. And he's in the spa and he like kind of runs through with his little towel on and he's like totally naked and he's so cute. And I just think for some, I love that character for some reason. And then I remember reading like in the, I think it was in the visual dictionary and stay with me. I was, I was like studying for a schmodown, right? Like I was sitting in bed. I was in like hardcore study mode. Like there must've been one coming up and reading the rise of sky or the the last jedi uh visual dictionary and i remember i think i was sort of at the end of my rope i was get, i was starting to go a little bit crazy and i remember just like bursting into tears like reading this <laughs> character's little blurb in the book like like i said i was like i was at the end of my rope and it was the his whole story is that he basically like worked really hard his entire life and then he won like a contest to go to canto bite and i was just like I just like started crying out of nowhere because I was just like, this character worked so hard and he finally got there and then Finn and Rose fucking just run through the spa and destroy the spa and he just wanted a relaxing day. Oh my just to like God. get it. I just like fucking lost it. And I was, I remember, I look back on it now and I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, what did you put yourself through? And I, but I, to this day, yeah. he has stood out as being like, this amazing background character I love, who again has an entire like little story in this book mm-hmm. called Canto Bite, and I yeah. have not read it. And now I'm just it's too so afraid to cute. because I will just sob through the whole thing, and I can't take that right now. I just now, can't. I'll have to see if I can lend it to you on Kindle because sometimes you can oh, do I that with books. It. I bought oh, it. I just it. Okay. Read it. Yeah, the Canto Bite book was very, very good. It got a lot of shit, which you know, various reasons why maybe, but um, the Canto Bite book, every single story, I think there were maybe four or five different ones, all very good. And that one was also very good. And they all, they loosely linked together, but didn't really matter. Um, But yeah, I definitely remember that story. That's awesome. (laughs) I am like, so just like touched right now. And this weird, like, I feel like this, this uh, like, empathic like response of like that's what it's fucking all about like that is so like granted you were pushed to the brinks of, of sanity uh <laughs> yes. studying for, for the schmodown but yep. the fact that you could react to something like that like like alice do you have anything uh any similar breakdowns that you'd like to unpack here on, on the show uh no 
<laughs> we said Alice is dead inside, and I have a lot of emotion, apparently. Well, um, I and feel sometimes, for the two of us. Sometimes it manifests in weird ways at weird times. So here we are. <laughs> I think I had a. Too, I did like, slightly tear up at the end of Dark Disciple, like very slightly. I was like, "Oh my god!" That's yeah. an emotional story. Like it, it is. really is. Just it has a, uh, you know, Clone Wars as it evolved over time, got closer to that type of of storytelling and like really like theme heavy and stuff. But that one just goes so hard with the characters and really, like if if you were always you know if you're listening and you're sort of lukewarm on on Asajj Ventress, I think that that book really just catapults her to the next level overall. Oh, 100%. That's very much the mindset that I went into it with cuz I always thought she was really annoying in the in the Clone Wars and then even the first time I read the book I I mostly listened to it in audiobook form and even hearing like Mark Thompson doing her voice I was just like this is like really annoying to listen to. <laughs> like I don't I should have just read it. Um but <laughs> I, it really does grow on you. It's amazing. Dark Disciple, like, I can't say enough about it. And that said, I have not read... Christy Golden has written another Star Wars book, and I can't... Is it Twilight Company, or is it, it is, Inferno uh, Squad? It is Inferno Squadron, the okay. Battlefront Two prequel. Yes, yeah, and I haven't read it yet, and I I really want to. I think the reason I didn't was because I, I am not going to play Battlefront. I'm not a gamer, Um, but I, I need to read that book because I... Dark Disciple was so good. I just kind of want to spend some more time with her, um, with Golden as a writer and in her world. So that that should be next on my list. It's probably not. I need to actually, I need, there are a bunch of books I need to read, but that's that's one of them I'd like to get to. Yeah, definitely. I think that that, uh, and, and you're right, Christy Golden is, is a fantastic writer. I'm hoping that we get more from her soon. Uh, now I'm just thinking about like these weird uh, emotional reactions. I mean, I, the other day I was listening to Ken Knapsack on a show. I think it might've been on, Mark Riley's uh, show, Riley's Cantina, is probably where I heard him say it. But he was giving the background info on Rats Tyrell, one of the little pod racers from Menace, and how you know he's just there, and he, he obviously he doesn't win the race because little Anakin and Sebulba are are first and second, and uh, Rats Tyrell, I guess, like earned all this racing and like bet it all because he was trying to get a better life for his family and like all this stuff and that he had he had like five kids and his wife had just given birth and like all these things and then he goes and he tries to win money so he can give his kids a better life and this little fucking nine-year-old who comes in and wins the whole race and it's just it's so sad it made me it made me resent anakin like one percent more where i'm like how dare you how dare you take this away from rats tyrell uh and i had a similar i had my own sort of moment like that with the the rise of skywalker novelization with wicket with wicket and his son pomet at the end of the book and how uh, Ray Carson sort of expanded on that moment a little bit um, because I am such an Ewok lover and just seeing them at the end of the movie, um, that movie could have been JJ Abrams laughing at me for two hours, but if it had cut to those Ewoks, I would have been like, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm not going to yeah. lie. <laughs> um, but we've, we've been going for, for about an hour at this point and I, I don't want to take up too much of your, of your lives in quarantine. Um, but I feel like we've, we've explored so many different little things um, but I do want to ask just sort of how you're feeling uh, about sort of fandom in, in general right now, where where you're at, where your your head is at now that we're post sequels. Like, do you think that not in the simple way of like, do you think we'll ever get like all on the same page? Because like, that's not 
it's not the goal. It's just about finding positive people and things. But what are you excited about right now in terms of, is it just like connecting with more people and getting the show out there and things like that? Uh, I mean, for me, just Star Wars wise, I'm super excited about the books coming out. I think we made a lot of really good friends over the past years and it's really fun interacting with them. I personally somehow knock on wood, don't deal with a lot of negativity um, maybe it's just because I'm stupid at Twitter or because I block out words or something, but, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious to see what happens. You know, there's the Mandalorian season two and I love reading. I need to get back into it. I've got so many books in queue, non Star Wars ones, but I'm ready to have my Star Wars books again. And, um, yeah, I think that's it for me. Um, I'm sort of on the other side of it where I have like, I have a full blown addiction to like to Twitter. Like I cannot put it down. I mean, I remember like I was on vacation in Portugal for a week back in November. And I mean, I legit was just like, I mean, I was still on Twitter like the entire time I had told myself I was going to like take a vacation from it. And I fucking didn't. Um, So I, I, it's, it's a really big thing for me, but my whole, my thing with Star Wars Twitter started with Star Wars Rebels. So it was all about like live tweeting the episodes and seeing all the other fans. And that's where like the roots of my Star Wars fandom, including how I interact with people on Twitter, that's where it all started for me. So I've always had a sort of very positive place and a very positive timeline. Um, up until even through The Last Jedi and all of that drama, like my my timeline stayed a fairly positive place. It really wasn't until like The Rise of Skywalker that things kind of I started to see a lot more contradicting opinions um, and, and seeing a lot of, of stuff coming from both sides, which I honestly have found really interesting. Um, and it has sort of opened me up to new opinions and new ways of looking at the movie i still don't care for the movie um but i still i can see where the merits are and i can see where the strong points are um and that's really what i think has been the most interesting thing for me in terms of interacting with the fandom um and you know staying in touch with all the friends that we made at celebration and i think is going to be even more important now than it ever was because I am really on the fence about whether or not we're going to be able to even go to Star Wars Celebration, which is just absolutely devastating to think about because those are my people. And that's that's the one event that I plan my entire year around. Like, I mean, that's a really sort of busy time for my work. And I'm just like, fuck you guys. Like, I'm out. Like, you literally <laughs> do not contact me for five days. Like, I, this is my thing. And the the idea of it not happening is so... I'm like in full blown denial. Like I don't even like to think about it because I think I'll just like have a breakdown in the middle of the afternoon if, if and when I find out that it, that it's canceled um, or postponed. But I don't know. You know, I, I really love the Star Wars fandom and the things that come along with Star Wars Twitter is part of that, and I can accept that for what it is. And if you can dig a hole into your place in Star Wars Twitter and find you know, your people and your cohort, you can make it the experience however you want to make it. You know, it can be highly negative if you want it to be, but there's, there are ways around that. And I like to think that I've sort of made, I've dug my hole in it and I've been able to, you know, find a way for myself, for me to be able to stay there and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Laura's very good at Twitter. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was, I was just going to say that I I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And I'm right there with you on the, on the Twitter 
addiction. I mean, part of it is I, I, I have to run uh, a couple accounts for work. So I use that as my excuse to justify my addiction. Like, well, you know, I'm around it all the time. So it's, it's really, it's out of my hands. Uh, but it, it, yeah, it does become, <laughs> just become a part of the, uh, part of the, of the routine in, in a big, bad way. So, but you're right about curating it and, and making it just healthy and, and finding people that, that can engage in a positive way of if we disagree about something. I mean, I mean, you, you, you have either a seen on Twitter or heard or whatever. Like I really like rise of Skywalker. You don't care for rise of Skywalker. And yet here we are because it's a movie and we can just discuss it. And I'm going to, you know, we all three of us hate Boba Fett. I think we're in the minority. <laughs> on that. Yeah, uh, so, on so, it's, so it's, so it's, you know, it, that, that happens. Which actually does remind me, I did, when you we dogged on Boba Fett earlier, I didn't want to ask, and I'm glad that I didn't end the recording before I asked this. Uh, with Mandalorian Season 2 and the, I personally think, high likelihood that Boba Fett is going to be involved in some capacity because of the tee-up of the Spurs and everything uh, in Season 1, how elated are you? And can the three of us get back on a on a call and drink together if... Din Djarin and Baby Yoda kill Boba Fett because that's what I want. Because <laughs> oh, I think that God. if Boba Fett shows up, they're gonna fight. And so help me, Din Djarin and Sabine Wren, for that matter, are both ten times, ten times the character of that Boba Fett is. I'm convinced Boba's totally dead. Like he's a million percent dead, and we won't see him, and it is fine that way. God, I would really like to think that, but now you've planted the seed of doubt. And now I don't know, but I, I'm sort of leaning on that side too. I kind of, I like the idea that there's a bunch of people sitting in a room at Lucasfilm just being like, <laughs> just like fucking twiddling their thumbs, being like, how can we tease Boba Fett? Well, those fucks will see. And it just makes me really happy thinking about that. How many um, times can we tease him and then never pay it off? Yes. That's a, that's I'm a like, great plan. Keep going with it. Like, I just want to see a bunch of people suffer. It just would be fucking hysterical. Um, like, but wow. no, if he, if he does show up and then is immediately killed off in some horrifically stupid way. Um, I was drinking Domain Chandon tonight, uh, my bubbly, and we can, we can pop a bottle of that and toast to that when that happens. A... a- Man, and honestly, uh, I think that it would be very befitting if he went out like a bitch, just like he did in the original trilogy, because Star Wars, as we know, is poetry. That's what George <laughs> said, and that, to me, would be poetic. And by the way, I love that in, in your in your depiction of, of the Lucasfilm, like, boardroom, everyone is Palpatine. Everyone is Palpatine <laughs> on Exegol. <laughs> just yes. hanging there from a big metal hook, making decisions. <laughs> Uh, but this has this has honestly been such a blast. I mean, we're recording this on a weeknight. Uh, everybody's bummed right now, uh, be, being locked up. And we were talking about it a little bit before the recording, uh, just about how uh, sh- strange things are. And you know, obviously, we we just touched on on celebration. So we're gonna have to all double and triple down on doing stuff like this in the meantime. So thank you guys again, really, for making the time and for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. This was great. I mean, time just fucking flew by. I know. 
Yeah, no, this is amazing. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you having us on. And this has been like just utterly delightful. I feel like I went to talk about a lot of stuff I don't normally get to talk about. Like no one ever is like, tell me about Ked Pin Shocklop. <laughs> thank thank you for this opportunity to bring that up and bring it to the forefront of everyone's minds. <laughs> no, oh, of yeah. course, we're, we're going to have to do part two with a bunch of other topics and everything. Because I knew that sort of going in that I obviously did want to touch on the future, but you know, part of the way into hearing you, both of your answers to the questions, I was like, I could just honestly just kick back and just let them do an episode of their show here because <laughs> just you guys just going for it and giving such great answers and getting to know the two of you uh, is really, really cool. And, I, and I'm glad that we uh, got to uh, start the friendship here on air for everybody to hear, which is great. Um, so, Plug, uh, plug away, plug everything, your, your own socials, the show where everybody can find and what the schedule is like. Yeah, so our show is called Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour. And the gist of it is that we drink wine and talk about Star Wars. Just keep it light. Talk about whatever's in the news, rumors, do trivia every episode. It's just kind of shooting the shit and whatever. Um, the show is at Force Toast Pod on Twitter. Alice is at Slaya all day. That's Slaya with or Leia with an S, basically. I am uh, at Shut Up underscore Laura if you want to follow me on Twitter. And our website is www.forcetoastpod.com. You can find a full list of all the places to find our show, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, find the full list and give us a listen. We would really appreciate it. That is very concise. And, and, and you rattled that off perfectly, as if you have uh, memorized it. That, that was well done. Well done. Yeah, air <laughs> high fives over, over video chat. I mean, from somebody with such a, a stellar trivia brain, uh, it's not surprising that you're able to to pack away the the, the outro just like that. Um, for me personally, uh, you've listened to the show before. Uh, thanks for coming back. That's your first time. You can follow me personally at ad underscore strider. You can follow me on Instagram at a period d period strider. Alden Diaz on Facebook. Will I accept the friend request? Maybe. Maybe not. Facebook is sort of that weird thing where it's like, that's kind of more like real life. But it, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, and then, of course, the show, it's Octo Radio, A-H-C-H-T-O Radio, no dashes, even though that is how it's spelled because social media hates dashes. Uh, it's the planet with the porgs. You remember the one. Uh, this has been such a blast. Uh, and and again, thank you to Force Toast. Definitely check out the show and give them uh, all the stars, all the ratings here as well, too, if you feel so inclined. And as I end every episode, punch it, Chewie.